gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have...
excited about what God's going to do through us in us and for us. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you that because we hunger and thirst after righteousness, Lord, we are filled. Thank you for filling us with your goodness, your glory, and your presence, and your power, Lord. And we just love and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. Let's together. Are you ready to worship tonight?
And we have authority over all the works of the devil. And Lord, you came to destroy his works in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for being here. And Lord, we welcome your presence and your power. And thank you for speaking to us. This is a new day. And I'm leading you in a new way. Don't worry about where I'm taking you. Just listen closely to what I say. I have great things in store for you, my children. I have blessings that are scheduled for you. I will daily load you with benefits. So get ready to receive, for here they come. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Good evening. God bless each one of you on this first day of November. <laughs> At Wednesday night refreshing here at Victor Christian Fellowship. Tomorrow is Thursday. We have Bible Adventure with 3rd, 4th, and 5th graders from Northside Elementary and Forge Elementary. You're welcome to join us between 1230 and 2.30. You want to see Miss Chris Frenchek if you'd like to participate in any way with that ministry. And then we have, I think the next thing would be Sunday this week. Being the first week, we would go from Thursday to Sunday. So this Sunday, we are celebrating Pastor Appreciation Month of October, the first Sunday of November. So stay after service and enjoy time of fellowship with us. And then we are in November, and that means Pastor Doug, Gabe, and Steve Hoffman are going to Liberia. So you can participate in that through prayer and the giving of gifts. And that can be marked the Commission Club. And the dates of their trip is November 20th through the 28th. The Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we're actually leaving 17 days from now. And uh, we're leaving on the 18th, which is a Saturday, and we get there on a Monday. And then uh, we're going to be ministering in Monrovia, Liberia, doing a pastor's conference and uh, other evangelistic things. So this is a, a VCF crusade, amen? Another opportunity for people of Palmyra to touch nations. God's doing great things out of Palmyra, amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God, we're the most flourishing, thriving, prosperous, abundantly supplied work in this area, amen? And uh, if you'd like to give to that, you, you still can. There's a time, we'll go until the second Sunday of uh, November, hallelujah. It's always good to have extra when you do a mission trip like this, because you have extra things that come up that you couldn't really uh, plan for, but... Uh, we're just glad to be able to uh, do the work of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we got some uh, awesome kids in this place. Glory to God. We're going to dismiss our kids and our teachers. Have a good class.
May the Holy Ghost move in power up there in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want you to go to, uh, of course, you can uh, give tonight. You know that. We just thank you for your giving. Father, I just bless the givers and their gifts, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that they abound with blessings. And you protect them and you watch over them from the beginning of the year to the end, Lord. And you make sure that they prosper. And you bind up the, the devourer, Lord. You stop the devourer in their lives. And we just give you glory and honor and praise for your goodness being poured out on them in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 9. And uh, the Lord uh, put this on my heart. You know, everything that we do in the kingdom has to be done by faith. Faith is a a foundation. Uh, Faith is a force in the earth. Uh, Faith is a way to please God. You know, without faith, you can't please God. Uh, By faith, we receive everything that God gives us. Um, We can exchange faith for heaven's goods. How many know heaven's got some goods? There's no shortage in heaven. And and we are citizens of heaven. Amen? And, And God takes care of his citizens. But we have to be people of faith. Faith is important. God wrote a book about faith. Amen? And uh, so, according to your faith, how many has got some faith tonight? And your faith can do amazing things for your life. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we know that times of refreshing are flowing. Amen? We don't have to wait for God to say, ready, set, go. They're already moving. And we just get in the flow. Are you ready to get in the flow? You know, we've got, got to loosen up a little bit. Religion makes you stiff, but a relationship makes you loose. Flexible, right? Pliable. You're like moist clay on the potter wheel. You know, you can't shape hard clay that's been baked in the heat. You've got to shape it when it's moist and soft. Amen? And, and think about this. God wants to write some things on your heart tonight. You know, whenever the word is being preached, God's writing on your heart. Hallelujah. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. All right, Matthew chapter 9. And uh, go to verse 27. Matthew 9. Verse 27, and uh, it says, as Jesus went from there, I'm reading from the Amplified, two blind men followed him, screaming loudly. Well, that's a miracle in itself that the blind men followed him, right? You know, it's amazing how blind men can follow Jesus and people that have sight don't. So they were following him, actively involved, actively engaged. 
You know, some people just want Jesus to come where they are. No, they went where Jesus was. You know, I've said this before. It's one thing to be touched by Jesus, but it's another thing to touch Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, if you're going to follow someone, you're expecting something. Right? Unless you're a detective or something. (laughs) Then you're just looking for information, I guess. I don't know. And then they were screaming loudly. What did they say? They said, have mercy and compassion on us, son of David. That was a term for Jesus being the Messiah. Okay? So they were following and they were using their mouth and they were saying loudly. They they didn't whisper it. How many know faith is bold? Faith is expressive. Faith has all the fruits of the Spirit with it. And they said, have mercy on us and compassion. You know, healing is a display of God's mercy. And what did they need mercy for? They were blind. But they didn't want to stay blind. So they went after their source of healing. They went after the healer. And it says he had come into the house. The blind men came, came to him. That's another miracle. How'd they navigate through the house? And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They, Jesus knew that they were blind. But he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe in the ability of Jesus? Do you believe that he is able to do what he said? Amen. He is able to bring it to pass. You know, Abraham became convinced that God was able to perform what he promised. And when he got to that point, Sarah was able to conceive. Amen. Do you believe... That God is able. Say, I believe. believe. That God is able. I believe he can do it. I believe he can do it for me. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They answered simply, yes, Lord. They didn't have to go into a dissertation of why they knew that God was able. Amen? Two words, very simple, yes, Lord, that put them in the position to receive from his ability. Verse 29, then he touched their eyes. See, when when you believe, God can touch you. Your belief in him activates his power. Hallelujah. Not only did he touch their eyes, but he touched them saying. How many know the word has something to say? The word can change any situation from negative to positive, from dead to life, from darkness to light. It can change the situation. Not only did the word touch them. See, they went after the word and the word touched them and the word said to them. 
according to your faith. The word didn't say according to my power or according to my name. It said according to your faith. Everybody say my faith makes a difference in my life. Yeah, what you believe makes a difference. You live your life by your belief systems. What you believe, what you value, that's how you live your life by. Amen? If you believe in going to church because you know God is there, then you go to church. But if you don't believe in going to church, you don't go there, right? Let, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Your faith determines what's done to you. Say, my faith determines what's done for me. Is it God's will to heal? Absolutely. So they were operating in God's will, right? Jesus went about healing. That's how we know it's God's will because he did the Father's will. He didn't just heal a little here and a little there. He healed everywhere. He healed every kind of disease, every kind of sickness. Amen? So, but it was their faith that got the power from him to them. Right? Say, according to my faith. Then, verse 30, their eyes were opened. Say, faith works. Yeah, faith in God always works. Faith doesn't fail. Real faith doesn't fail. This false stuff that people call faith, no, that, that, that won't work. You know, some people call mental ascent faith. But faith has nothing to do with your head. Faith occurs in your heart and in your mouth. Faith has nothing to do with your head. Faith has nothing to do with your feelings. It's true. Never did Jesus ever say, check your feelings. Never did Jesus say, how do you feel about healing? Or how do you feel about salvation? So faith has nothing to do with your head, has nothing to do with your feelings, but it has everything to do with your heart and your mouth and your actions. Right? Those, those three components, your heart, your mouth, and your actions, reveal the faith that you have. So faith speaks, faith acts, and faith believes. Okay? Their eyes were opened. Then Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. Man, how'd you like to be those two blind men? You, you get a miracle and you can't tell anybody. <laughs> right? But Jesus had a reason for that. But when they departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. <laughs> they couldn't keep quiet about it. You know, when God does something, you can't keep quiet about it. Amen? How did they receive their sight? They received it by their faith. How do we see their faith? They followed Jesus. They spoke to Jesus. And they said, yes, Lord. They had a conversation with faith. Right? They had an interview with faith. They interacted by faith. And it was a quote, Jesus, you know, Jesus is an expert on faith. And if Jesus says, according to your faith, it's according to your faith. 
And uh, their faith was rewarded and confirmed. Because they got the results. Their eyes were opened. All right? Now, I want you to go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. If we're going to operate according to our faith, we have to have some understanding of what faith is. You know, I love the Holy Ghost. He helped me see some things of this passage that I hadn't seen before. Amen? You know, he's always ready to open eyes and, and give understanding and impart wisdom. Hallelujah. So Mark chapter 11, this is after Jesus cursed a fig tree. He, he was hungry and he went to this fig tree. It had leaves, but when he got close to it, it didn't have any fruit. And Jesus didn't take an axe to that tree. He didn't take a chainsaw to that tree. He used his words to that tree. He spoke to a tree. Now, if you'd have been near Jesus, you might have thought, well, that's weird. He spoke to a tree until you saw the tree the next day. The tree the next day was withered from its roots. Okay? So in Mark chapter 11, let's go to verse 20. And let's see the results of what Jesus said because he's going to make this a lesson for us. Okay? Mark 11, verse 20. I'm reading from the King James, but... uh, We have the Amplified up there because I have most of my scriptures in the Amplified. And in the morning, as they passed by, everybody say the morning. How long does faith take to work? Not long. It works immediately. When you're in faith, faith works the minute you're operating in it, the minute you're talking in it, and the minute you're acting on it. Let me say that again. Faith works the minute you're speaking in it. Faith works the minute you're acting on it. And faith works the minute uh, you're uh, interacting with it. Faith works immediately. So Jesus did this the day before. And so this is the next day in the morning. The fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master... Behold, the fig tree, which you cursed, is withered away. Jesus did not say, yes, duh. Because Jesus is not full of pride, nor is he arrogant. Jesus didn't do it for a show. He did it because of the unfruitfulness of the tree. But since Peter brought it to his attention... Jesus made this into a lesson. And in verse 22, the Bible says, Jesus replied. Ever say Jesus replied? Jesus is about to give an expert testimony on faith. Because there's no one that knows more about faith than Jesus. He literally wrote the book on it. He literally lived it. He is the living, breathing example of how faith functions, how faith flows, and how faith operates. If you want to know anything about faith, you can look to the life of Jesus. Everything he did, he lived by faith. He showed us how to live by faith. Okay? So Jesus said, say Jesus said. Jesus said. Did you know that the word talks to you? 
Jesus is the word made flesh, right? So he's about to give an expert testimony about, then he said, have faith in God constantly. Everybody say, have faith in God. Jesus was telling his disciples where to have faith in, where to put your faith. Your faith is not just anything. It's not in the cosmos. Faith is not in the opinions of others. Faith is not in feelings. Faith is not in this world. Faith is in God. That means everything that God is, it's around faith. Everybody say, have faith in God. Or you could say it like this. Have the faith of God. Or have the God kind of faith. How many of you got the God kind of faith? We all got the God kind of faith. Because you can't get saved without any other kind of faith. No other faith works but the God kind of faith. It brings everything from God to you. It's, It's the God kind of faith. It's the faith that comes from God. Jesus said, the word said, have faith in God. Say, my faith is in God. Okay? So, have faith in God. Right? So the basis of faith is God's revelation of himself. The word is the primary revelation of God. God gave us a book. It tells us about him. It tells us about his nature, his character, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Amen? Amen. So, in order to have faith in God, you got to know some things about God. Okay? Let me read this and then we'll go back over it, all right? So Jesus said, You know, everything that Jesus said is the absolute truth. Jesus said, have faith in God. Verse 23, I assure you. See, now now Jesus is assuring. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me read it. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power. But believes that What he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with a confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop the issue. Let it go. And... uh, So that your father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions and your wrongdoings against him and others. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your transgressions. Okay? So faith always has an element of assurance, certainty, and confidence. Say assurance, Assurance. certainty, and confidence. Faith will never say, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Because that's not confident. That's not assurance. That's not for certain. 
Faith says this is how it's going to be. Or this is how it is. Faith can look at a circumstance that's negative and turn it around. Can change it. All right? With faith, there is no strain or tension. Jesus did not stand in front of that fig tree saying, I curse you, I curse you, I curse you, I curse you, I curse you. (laughs) You know, when you're constipated, it could be a strain and a tension. And you need some X-lax to make it easier. Faith has no strain or tension to it. Faith operates in authority. When Jesus said to that tree, no man eat fruit of you again, he walked away and didn't give it a second thought. Why? Because that's what faith does. When faith speaks, it believes that what it says is going to happen. Amen? God brought me here tonight to encourage your faith. So with faith, there's no strain or tension. Faith is loving, joyful, restful, peaceful, and confident. And every other fruit of the Spirit. Faith is the divinely given conviction of things unseen. You can't, Jesus didn't, Jesus, when he saw the tree, he didn't see the physical tree curse, but he, he saw it in the invisible. Why? What, 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 how was the tree withered? From the outside in or from the inside out? Can you see the roots that are buried under the ground? So Jesus, faith operated in the invisible realm. But Jesus saw that fig tree cursed in the unseen realm, and then the next day the disciples saw it in the seen realm. But Jesus saw it in the unseen realm. He brought the cursing from the unseen to the seen. Amen? Faith is an assurance. It's a title deed. It's a confirmation of things hoped for. It's a divinely guaranteed and evidence of things not seen. Everybody say a divine guarantee. If Jesus comes to you and says, this is going to work, can you trust it? Can you know that that's going to work? Why? Because Jesus said it. Right? If you can't believe what he says, you can't believe God. Because he doesn't say anything different than God says. All right? Faith is a conviction of reality. Faith comprehends as fact what can't be experienced by the physical senses. If you need healing in your body, your body says, hey, this hurts. But Jesus says, you're healed. So you've you got to go past your feelings. You've got to go past what your body is saying, and you've got to speak something different. Amen? And, and, and what does your faith have to be in? It has to be in God. So it has to be in God's Word. It has to be in the Holy Spirit. It can't be in any other thing, otherwise it's not faith. Jesus said, the expert on faith said, have faith in God. 
He didn't say have faith in circumstances. He didn't say have faith in people. He said have faith in God. So if your faith is in anywhere else, it, it's not going to work. Faith is the organ which enables people to see the invisible order. Faith is knowing what God's will is towards us. Those blind men knew that Jesus was the healer. Otherwise, they wouldn't have followed him, they wouldn't have shouted after him, and they wouldn't have said, yes, Lord. But they did, because they believed in him. Amen? We can receive faith only as God gives it, and you yourself can't manufacture faith. Faith only comes by hearing God's word. That is the only method by which faith comes according to the Bible. And I believe the Bible. You can't pray for faith. Faith only comes by you hearing the word. That's why God set up this preaching. Blessed are the feet of them that bring good news. He, God established preaching and teaching the gospel as a way of getting faith to people. So God came up with this idea. Amen? Okay. So, our faith needs to be in God. What seems difficult to us is easy with God. Nothing is too hard for God. Say nothing is too hard for God. That means if an organ isn't working in your body properly, God can either fix it or give you a new one. Amen? Why? Nothing is too hard for God. God, you're never going to bring something to God and he's never going to respond. Let me think about that. No, God already knows. He knows the end before the beginning. I mean, you're talking to the one who created the world, who put the stars in place, who said the water can go up to here, but it can't go past here. Why, 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 don't, why do, don't the oceans just overtake the land? Because God's word put a limit on it. He said, you can go up to this point, but you can't go past this point. And the water said, yes, sir. Ever since God spoke to the water, the water has obeyed it, has obeyed him. Ever since God put the stars in place, they've been in place. Right? Does the sun ever say, I don't think I'm going to get up today? (laughs) Or the moon never says, no, I'm going to sleep tonight. Why? Because God said it. And they abide by what God said. If, let, let me tell you something. You're smarter than the moon. You're smarter than the stars. And you're smarter than the water. If the water can obey God, why don't we obey God? Why don't we just do what he says? Why don't we just accept what he's given us? Come on. All right. So faith is a belief, a trust, a confidence, an assurance in God, and a firm persuasion. Everybody say firm. Faith is something that's firm, it's eternal, it's proven, and it's true. It's solid, it's stable, and it's unchanging. This is what you put your faith in when you put your faith in God. 
Amen? What do we know about God? Okay, well, let me say this. A lie is not a firm foundation because it will crumble very easily. How many have ever told a lie? Don't raise your hands because we probably all have. And then you had to tell another lie to cover the lie, and it gets pretty taxing, doesn't it? Then you get confused about what you said about the first lie, and you're now on your tenth lie, and you're like, what did I say? And it starts to unravel rather quickly. Right? I mean, look at how fast Saul's lie was unraveled. Saul said to Samuel, I've done all that you told me to do. And Samuel said, what's this bleeding of sheep I hear? His, his lie was unraveled in one second. Right? Saul said, I did it, but yet he was supposed to kill all those things, and he didn't. And there's the sheep are going, bad boy, bad boy. What's this bleeding of sheep I hear? So you can't have faith in a lie because it won't hold you up. You can't have faith in something that's false because it's not secure. It's not stable. Something false is not designed to hold you up. Like the trick doors that magicians do when they make people seemingly disappear. Right? Faith needs a firm, solid foundation to stand on. Something that stands, that withstands fear, intimidation, and pressure. Faith is something that withstands fear, intimidation, and pressure. Why do I say that? Those are the three things the enemy uses. Fear, intimidation, and pressure. You get, you get extra bills at your house. And the enemy goes, you're not going to be able to pay it. You're not going to be able to pay it. And you're starting to feel that pressure. You're starting to be intimidated. And you're getting, well, then you get fearful. Maybe I won't be able to pay it. But then, but the faith will say, God, you got some mail. Faith will say, God can provide. You start saying what the Bible says and fear will say, I'm out of here. Intimidation will say, see ya. And pressure will say, so long. And you'll be like, where'd they go? They just vaporized. See, when you bring into the word, he vaporizes the enemy. Hallelujah. Okay? So to have faith in God, we have to know something about God. Right? God, we have to know something about his character, his nature, uh, his disposition, or his temperament. Is God someone that gets angry quickly? No. The Bible says I'm slow, slow, slow to anger. God's a God that's long-suffering. How, how patient has he been with you? And when you finally came, God never said, it's about time. Amen? When, when Peter denied knowing the Lord three times, and he met Jesus on the shore, Jesus never said, Peter... Remember when you denied me three times? Never brought it up, did he? He just asked Peter if he loved him. God, God doesn't focus on your faults. He looks at your potential. 
He knows what you can be. Amen? Say, according to my faith. So what do we know about God? Just, just a few things. God is good, right? God is love. God is forgiving. How many has been forgiven? How many has been forgiven more than once? Amen? God is faithful. God is true. These are all, see, if you're going to have faith, you've got to have faith in these things because all these things represent God. God is these things, right? God is patient. God is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our worship, right? Where can we find accurate information about God? In the word of God. The word of who? The word of God. These words in this book have been breathed by God. They represent his heart, his nature, his character. God gave us a pretty good description of who he is in this book. Okay? We know that God cannot lie. And we know that God never changes. Right? You want to you invest things in things that don't change and things that cannot lie. Why? They're going to be around for a long time. Forever, actually. Okay? Go to Psalm 89 for a minute. Psalm 89 for a minute. And I want you to see something. That God never goes against his word. Psalm 89... And look at verse 30. Psalm 89, verse 30. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgressions with a rod and their iniquity with stripes. So God will correct our wrongdoings. If he didn't correct us, he didn't love us. Okay, but it doesn't stop there. Don't get, don't get so sad on me. Verse 33. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Yes, we may miss the mark. We may do something that God doesn't like, but he doesn't take away his faithfulness. There's an opportunity to receive forgiveness. There's an opportunity to be restored. There's an opportunity to be renewed when we mess up. He says, verse 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, that will I not lie unto David. Amen? Aren't you glad that God doesn't take those things away? Okay. Let's go back to Mark chapter 11 and let's look at verse 23. See, Jesus gave us an understanding of faith from a fig tree. He showed us how faith works. Faith works primarily with your mouth. Everybody say my mouth. What are you saying? And what are you saying to what? What are you saying to? Your words are important. Why? 
God created the world with words. What kind of world are you creating in your, with your words? Death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. Your, t- your tongue, my tongue, is an instrument of either death or life. How many's ever been made fun of or been called names? Did those, whoever said sticks and stones break my bone, but names never hurt me, they lied. Why? Names, calling people names hurts, don't they? That's why God calls you good things. He looks at you and says, mighty man of valor. He He looks at you and says, oh, you are highly favored, lady. Amen? Say, I'm valuable to God. Okay, Mark 11, 23. Jesus said, as an assurance from Jesus. How many know if Jesus assures you of something, you can take it to the bank? Right? Jesus doesn't lie. He, 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 he is personally assuring us. He is personally guaranteeing this statement. This is coming from the, the lips of the Creator. He said, Jesus assures us, okay, so Jesus is the truth and he speaks what is true. He's an expert on the subject of God, eternity, life, and everything. And Jesus clearly communicates to us, all right? Uh, The King James, let me read it in the King James, and then... uh, Here, I'll just read it from the Amplified. Glory to God. All right, uh, verse 23, Mark eleven twenty-three. He said, I assure you. So Jesus is giving us his personal guarantee. And most solemnly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, I want you to notice something. Jesus says to you so that you can say to it. If you're not hearing what Jesus says to you, you're not equipped to say what to it. If you're not hearing what Jesus says, you're not equipped to say. Because you, you can say, but it's not going to have any power. It's going to be ineffective. The only way that, you, that your words are powerful and effective is because you're saying what Jesus says. Most assuredly, I say to you, okay, what does he say? I say to you, and then he tells us what to say. He says this, most assured, I assure you, most solemnly I say to you, whoever says, say whoever. Faith will work for whoever. All you have to be to operate in faith is a whoever. Is there anybody that's not a whoever in here? Every one of us is a whoever. Right? You just have to apply the principles that are in the word to operate in faith. Anybody can do it. A child can do it. An adult can do it. A man can do it. A woman can do it. Whoever. Whoever operates by the word can operate in faith. Guess what? You don't need a degree to operate in faith. You don't need to go to a university to operate in faith. You just need to believe God. Whoever. Say whoever. Okay. Jesus is saying, I most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, all right, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, 
but or in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him. Let's, so let's break this down. All right? So who's assuring us? The word is assuring us. The word is giving us a personal guarantee. Okay? It's better said this way, that the thing which he says come to pass and he shall have it. Okay. Um, so Jesus, is, this word assuredly, it means for certain, for sure. Like if I was from California, for sure, dude. For sure, man. Right? This word assuredly, Jesus said, I assure you. He's saying it's of a truth. Most assuredly, so it be. Guess what? It's the word, amen. The word, when Jesus says, I assure you, he's, he's giving you his amen for what he's telling you to do. Here, here's the thing. When you put an amen at the beginning, it means surely of a truth, truly. If you put it at the end, it means so be it. Why do we say amen when the preacher says something good? Because we're saying so be it. And when we say amen, we're saying so be it. Let it be in my life. Amen? So when you say amen, you are agreeing with what's said and you want it to happen in your life. Glory to God. All right? So Jesus says and you say. If you want to speak powerfully in God, you got to say what he says. Notice he tells you exactly what to say. Right? Our response to what Jesus says is to speak to mountains. A mountain is something that comes up in your way. A mountain, it could be a physical mountain or it could be a challenge in life. It could be a disease or a sickness or an infirmity or a lack. It could be something that comes up and it's in your way. So how do you get it out of your way? Do you use dynamite? No. Do you use a bulldozer? No. You use your words. Just like Jesus spoke to the tree, you're supposed to speak to the mountain. Jesus said this mountain. He might have been pointing to the Mount of Olives. Right? But if the word says speak to the mountain, what do you do? That just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to speak to a mountain. What will people think? Now you're saying what someone else said. You're going against what the word says, and you're, going against, you're, you're embracing someone else's opinion, or you're embracing your own feelings, and you're not going to get what you're saying. If Jesus says, speak to the mountain, what do you do? You say, yes, Lord, mountain. He tells you exactly what to do. Be removed, cast into the sea. Where else are you going to put a mountain? You can't put a mountain to the right of you because it'll block someone else. So you might as well put it into the sea where no one can see it. Amen? He's talking deep water. Not shallow water, deep water. Deep water can hide mountains. Amen? He said, say Jesus said, okay, 
To remove mountains means to accomplish something difficult, stupendous, and incredible. Say, I accomplish difficult things. Say, I do tremendous things. Because I'm a person of faith. Your faith was this, your faith is tough. Your faith can tackle big problems like it's nothing. Your faith makes something impossible possible. Amen? Your faith can override the circumstances and create something. The circumstances for Abraham was he was past the age. Sarah was past the age. She'd already had her hot hot flashes. She already ceased uh, producing, and she was past the age. She was physically incapable, but they had a promise from God. They had a word from God. And both of them, Abraham and Sarah, believed God. And what happened? They got what God promised. Because they didn't quit. See, there's no expiration date on faith. It's as good until you believe it. Because once you believe it, it comes to pass, so you don't have to believe it anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? So our response to when Jesus speaks is speak to mountains. He tells us specifically what to say. Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will tell you what you need to speak to your body. He will tell you what you need to speak to your finances. He will tell you what you need to speak to your kids. He will tell you what you need to speak in your home. He will tell you what you need to speak to your neighbors. We Say, I have a Holy Ghost. And he's in us. If you want to talk to him, say, hey, dude, what's up? I mean, you can just talk to him. Wherever you are, you could be washing dishes and have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And if you pray in tongues, boy, you, you have a next level conversation with the Holy Ghost. You can pray in tongues anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Hallelujah. And God knows that language because it's directly to God. Okay? So, but then he says, speak to the mountain. Commanded to be removed, but then he said this, don't doubt. Say, don't doubt. Doubt contaminates faith. You got to put doubt out. Okay? Doubt cannot be contaminated with faith. To, To doubt means to be uncertain. It means to distrust. Or it means to be skeptical. Well, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if that's true. Did God really say that? Isn't that what the devil said to Eve? God didn't say you're going to die. You're not going to die. Sweetheart, honey child, you're not going to die. What a lie that was. The word doubt means to go thoroughly back and forth. It's the same word that James uses when he says, you waver. And it means you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. A double-minded man cannot receive anything from God. 
Faith has to be laser focused. Faith is not let's shoot let's shoot a shotgun and hope we get something. One years ago, back when uh, you could use lead instead of copper in the BBs, my uh, my dad was goose hunting down in southern Illinois. I wasn't uh, young and I wasn't old enough to go yet, but one guy had an eight gauge, and uh, he he made one shot and he knocked two geese out with one shot, right? And they, they were high up too, man. He, he pointed that gun, boom! And two geese fell out of the sky with one shot. Because an 8-gauge has got a pretty wide pattern on it. It's a pretty powerful shotgun. You got an 8, a 10, a 12, uh, a 16, a 20. The higher you get up, the, the, less, uh, the smaller the pattern of the, of the shot that you're shooting. Right? But like the eights and the tens, man, they got some, they're like little cannons that you shoot from your shoulders. So if you doubt, you're juggling back and forth. Some of you are juggling back and forth about what God wants you to do for your life. Stop. God, God didn't call you to be a juggler. If you want to juggle something else, fine. Don't juggle God's promises, don't juggle God's call. Amen? Make a decision. Pick one. Pick a side. God says, I want you hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So you need to be hot or cold. God prefers that you're hot. Why? Because someone who's got hot has got some fire. Someone who's cold, they need to relight the pilot light because it went out. They stopped producing heat. Someone who's lukewarm, they just blend in. You, you, you can't tell. They just take on the, the characteristics of the atmosphere that they're in. But if you're lukewarm with God, he'll spew you out of, your, out of his mouth. So let's get hot. We're a hot church here. Why? We got fire in our bones. When you doubt, you withdraw from God and you desert him. And then the devil will have you for dessert. When you doubt, you um, separate yourself from God. You, you take on a hostile spirit towards God. So how do we not doubt? The word, putting the word in your heart cleanses you from doubt. How do you get doubt out? Here. You flush it out. With the word. Amen? Okay? Then he says, uh, when you speak to the mountain, do not doubt, but believe what you say. See, I got to believe what I say. How how does one believe what they say? They speak the truth. Because if you have a pattern of calling someone big, small... You confuse your mind, and your mind doesn't know the difference. Let, Jesus said, Yet your, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Isn't that what he said? We, we're supposed to be simple in our response. Okay? You've got to believe what you say. Be confident, bold, and certain. Believing what you say, it'll bring it to pass. Amen? When you speak into the mountain... And commanded to be removed, do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say. 
See, I got to believe what I say. Are you convinced when you speak things? Or are you like, uh, 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 maybe so, maybe not. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? Get a GPS, man. Find out the way. All right, then, then finally, let's, let's close with this verse 24. Mark eleven twenty four. All right? He says, when you have a desire, when you pray, believe you receive, and you shall have. Say, a desire? A desire. Okay. You, anybody here have some desires? Okay. Then you're going to pray. Who are you going to pray to? You're going to pray to God because faith has to be in God, right? Jesus said, pray to the Father in my name. That's how we pray. We don't pray to Jesus. We don't pray to Holy Spirit. You can talk to them, but don't pray. Jesus said, pray to the Father in my name. Right? Say, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's how we're supposed to pray. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. John 14, 15, and 16. Okay? And uh, so you have a desire. Then you pray. Then what? You have to believe that you receive. You have to believe that you have received. So you've got, you've got to know that God has what you're asking him for before you pray. You've got to know what God's will is before you pray. Right? How else are you going to know that it, it's been given to you? You can't claim something that's not in his will. You can't claim something from God that's not in his will. If someone leaves me a will, they said, I've given you my 67 Mustang, but I've given the house to someone else. I can't claim the house because it's given to someone else because that would be against the will. I can only claim what's been given to me in the will. Right? You understand that? So, you know, like uh, when I was at Ramah and we were at orientation, (laughs) This girl came up to this guy, and she said, the Lord told me to marry you, that you were going to marry me. And he looked back at her and said, the Lord didn't tell me. Or, let's let's reverse it. If someone believes for a spouse that's married, you, you can't believe for someone that's married. That's called adultery. Amen? But people do these things. And they wonder, well, I tried that faith and it didn't work. No, you didn't. You tried something goofy and and something goofy. That's not God's word. And then people get mad at God. And God's God's like, it wasn't even my fault. (laughs) Okay? Here's the process you have a desire. You pray, you got to believe that you receive. All right? It, believing you receive means not that you shall one day have it or in the future, but we actually receive it as we pray. I've always used this illustration. How many has ever ordered a pizza at your house? Come on, let me see your hands. If, you, if you've ever ordered a pizza or food at your house. 
You, you make the call, right? You get off that call. What do you, you start setting the table? Do, am I right? You get your money out ready to pay. Why? You're expecting what you order on that phone to show up within a certain time, and now you're, you're preparing for it. You're getting ready for it. Why? Because you expect it. You can almost smell it. Right? You'd be like, I can't wait till that driver comes with that pizza. And the table's set. You got your money ready. You, you even hang out by the door. Come on. The other night, someone gave us a gift card, and so Josiah ordered some Grubhub. Because, we, we, you know, we had to use it. We, we're not going to use that, but Josiah loved it. And uh, it was kind of a process, but we, we got it through. And, uh, and then the, the person came, but the address said from 600 to 690. And they're like, What's your house number? I was like, 601. She said, well, I'm in the neighborhood. I'll, I'll come up. So she was right at our door in, in like a couple seconds. But you know what? Josiah had his money ready. He, he, the table was ready. We, we were expecting what he ordered to show up. But, God, but people have more faith in the pizza deliver God than they do in God. Because they're like, well, I don't know what God's doing, but he didn't come through for me. Well, when you talk like that, no wonder he didn't come through for you because that's not faith language. God's like, what are you speaking? I don't understand. I, God doesn't speak doubt. He doesn't speak unbelief. He doesn't speak negative. So if we're speaking those things to God, there's a communication problem. What we have here is a communication problem. All right. When you pray... You've got to believe that you receive it. You've got to see yourself with it. If you ask the Lord to heal me, you've got to see yourself healed. Amen? How can I see myself healed? Use your imagination. Wow. You know that thing that allows you to see pictures in here? It's called the imagination. God gave that to you. Why? You've got to visualize yourself. With it, with what you ask God for. Amen? you got to see yourself with it. Those blind men, they saw themselves seeing before they saw. How do we know that? The way they went after Jesus. Amen? You wouldn't be following someone into their house screaming if you didn't really want something. Amen? Like they were going to get what they came for. Amen? Say it's according to my faith. The Geneva uh, Bible says literally that you receive it, speaking it in the present tense. To show the certainty of the thing that it will indeed be performed. The second miracle that Jesus did, a man came up to him. His son was sick. And Jesus said, oh, you know, you guys just are seeking a sign. And Jesus, he said, come, you know, my son's sick. Jesus said, go, your son is well. He didn't touch him. He just spoke a word and the man left. And he inquired, he got home and his son was healed. And he inquired, at what moment was he healed? Oh, at two o'clock. That's the same time that Jesus spoke it. 
Everybody say the same time. The man went from where Jesus was, because he was with Jesus, home, just trusting what Jesus said. No other evidence, no other fruit. He just put his faith in the word. And the Bible says that was Jesus' second miracle. Do we have enough confidence to just get God's word and walk away knowing that what he said is going to come to pass? Knowing what he said, it's already happened. Because if he said it, it's already happened. Amen? If Jesus said it, it can't help but appear. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to commit spiritual abortion. And start speaking negative, start speaking contrary to what God said. Why did the Israelites die in the wilderness? Because they constantly spoke death. They constantly spoke against God. God gave them what they said. This works both ways. If you believe what you say, you're going to have what you say. Negative or positive? Say it's according to my faith. And then one more verse, then I'm I'm done. Verse 25. He says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you're not in faith. He says, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, say against any. If you have any ought against any person, he says, you need to forgive that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, say, if I don't forgive, neither will my Father in heaven forgive me. So whether you, you, you determine if you're free or not. If you want to hold on to, to the hurt that someone did to you, they probably don't even know that they did it. What did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You mean to tell me the, the soldier that whooped him didn't know what he was doing? The, the soldier that nailed the nails into his hands and feet didn't know what he was doing? The soldier that struck the sword in his, or the spear in his side didn't know what he was doing? They didn't know who he was. They didn't know why he was on the cross. They didn't know what they were doing, even though that they, in the natural they knew what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing in the spirit. They didn't know what they were doing, and, and Jesus forgave them all. He didn't, why? He didn't want to take unforgiveness to the grave. Right, yeah. it, did, it, it didn't release them of responsibility. It released them from him. Jesus went to the grave with no ties on him. He wasn't tied to any hurt. He wasn't tied to any pain. He wasn't tied to any past experience. He let it go. Say this. Say, Father, Father. forgive everyone who ever hurt me. Because they don't know what they're doing. In Jesus' name. And you got to mean it. Amen? But say it's according to my faith. Faith makes available what God promised. Amen? In order to operate by faith, we had, the Lord said, you got to understand a little bit about what faith is. Amen? Who do we have our faith in? And when we hear what the Word says, what do we do? We have to say, what the word tells us to say. Amen? What do I say to a disease? What did Jesus say to a disease? What do you say to a disease? By his stripes I'm healed. Because that's what the word says. That's just one thing that the word says. I could get, I could, well, I could give you a whole plethora of healing scriptures. 
Amen? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Faith is refreshing. Amen? Say, faith is refreshing. Tonight, you had a faith big meal. It was supersized. Amen? You know, when you supersize a meal, you get more. Hallelujah. You got more faith. What can you do with more faith? You can produce more fruit. Amen? You, you can have more knowledge of God. With, with, with bigger faith, you can do bigger things. You know, faith is like a muscle. The Bible says, thank God that my faith grows exceedingly. Faith is like a muscle. It grows. But you got to feed it. You got to exercise it. And you got to eat right. Right? You ain't going to grow muscles if you eat Twinkies every day. And I don't even like Twinkies. I, I may have liked them when I was seven. I tried one a month ago. Ugh, I can't believe I like that. Oh, my gosh. Nasty. God gave you a book of faith nutrients, faith supplements, faith food. And you got to eat it so that you can speak it because that's the only way to release power in your life. Amen? If you've got mountains in, that are in your way, you've got to move them. Say, in the name of Jesus, I speak to mountains of sickness. I command that mountain of sickness to be cast into the sea, to be lifted up. I do not doubt in my heart, but I believe that what I say is that's what I have. I am healed. I am whole. I am repaired. I am restored. I am strong. I speak to the mountain of insufficiency. I command that mountain to go into the sea. I do not doubt in my heart, but I believe that what I say shall come to pass. My God is my provider. He's the source of all good things. He's my financial advisor. He, 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 he has all the gold and silver. He gives me the power to get wealth. And the wisdom to manage it. I speak to the mountain of pain. I command that mountain of pain to go into the sea. I do not doubt in my heart, but I believe that whatsoever things I say shall come to pass. Jesus bore my pains. He took away my infirmities. And by his stripes, I am healed. His word is life to me and health and medicine to my flesh. My heart is merry. A merry heart does good like medicine. I can overdose on a merry heart. And it has no side effects. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. I speak to the mountain of not knowing my purpose. I command that mountain to be lifted up. I cast you into the sea. 
I do not doubt in my heart, but I believe that whatsoever things I say shall come to pass. God has plans for my life. He has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me an expected end. He fills me with the knowledge of his will. And he gives me the strength and understanding to carry it out. I'm led by the Spirit because I'm a son of God. I hear his voice. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I know where I need to go. And I'm walking in the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Give give him some praise. Amen. We just operated in faith. Amen. If if you've got pains in your body, don't magnify the pain. Magnify the solution. Stop talking about your pain. Start talking about what Jesus did for you. Amen. You're not denying the pain. You're just saying something else about it. You know, I could tell you something off the wall. You don't have to agree with it. Amen? Your body has a voice. That doesn't mean you have to agree with what your body says. Right? You can say something else. But if you don't use your mouth, then you might as well get an axe and try to take that fig tree down. Because it's not going to go down any other way. You've got to use your mouth. With the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's the principle of how we get saved. And how we get saved is how we get anything from God. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Right? And you just know the source of where you're getting some stuff from. Have faith in who? God. How do we know to have faith in God? The Word tells us to. Jesus told us to. Amen? Glory to God. Right now, some things that have bound some people, you've been made free of. If you've been made free, I'd rejoice if I were you. Celebrate your freedom. Amen? What's the gospel to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. Amen? That's that was an, a message that Jesus was anointed to deliver. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. So don't see yourself as poor no more. And I don't care if that's proper English. I don't care. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Say I'm poor no more. Say God. God made me rich. Say God's prospering me. I'm, I'm gaining abundance. My barns are full and my vats are bursting out with new wine. Ooh, that's the Holy Ghost right there. The Holy Ghost is explosive. Well, did this help you tonight? Amen. God bless you. Have a great night.